0: Good morning, ladies and gentlemen. All over the world. Good morning it is Monday here you. on Church oh. Confessions. He will direct your path. So what's to fear again? Good morning, ladies and gentlemen. Good morning. Thank you so much for tuning in once again to the Church Boy yeah. Church Boy Confessions podcast. You you think I say I open up every episode just like that. You think I'd stop messing up. Maybe because I'm out of breath oh my gosh i just ran up the stairs i gotta get in shape apparently i'm back in the gym though don't get me wrong but i gotta get my stamina up welcome welcome guys welcome back you know what i'm saying um hope you guys had an amazing last week i've had a great week um and we're gonna get to why i've had a, a really good time as of late um but before we get there and this is gonna be i think a great episode for all of us um, that might be finding ourselves in places of struggling with sin or fearful of falling back into a cycle of sin. Um, I have a couple of announcements, really both of them revolving our poetry jam. Yeah, I said revolving. I should have said surrounding. But nevertheless, guys, we are having our poetry jam August 26, 2023. Obviously, I don't know why I said the year, but nevertheless, we're gonna we're gonna get back. Look, I you know I'm, I know I'm fumbling a little bit at the beginning of this episode, but don't worry, you know I'm, I'm gonna get, I, I'm just warming up. Um, August 26th, that's a Saturday in Los Angeles. We're having our next Poetry Jam. This is not just any Poetry Jam because what's special about this Poetry Jam is that it falls on the exact day that we as a ministry turn five years old, which means it's going to be a Poetry Jam. And at the same time, it's going to be an anniversary celebration as we give glory to God for sustaining this ministry for the past five years. It's not been an easy five years, but nevertheless, um, God said he's going to build his church and the gate shall not prevail. Um, The gates of hell shall not prevail So you know what I'm saying Like we really want everybody to be there We're going to have more information And the flyer and everything dropping soon But there are a couple of announcements Pertaining to the poetry jam That I want to make sure that we get um, sort of. Number one is that auditions are open. All right. From now until around the middle of June, we will be accepting auditions. Please do not wait until the end of June because we're going to be filling up slots on a rolling basis. Our goal is always around eight performers. Um, so if you have a piece and you would like to perform, you want to be a part, you want to be a participant of that night, um, then please, you know, um, I'm going to have the link, The link is going to be in our bio. The link is going to be in the description of how you can send in an audition, whether it's video audition, it's a written audition um, to be a part of the show. We do not have a set theme yet, so we're accepting all types of uh, submissions now, all right? So definitely uh, take advantage of that. Please do not wait until the middle of June, I believe I said june 16th is the deadline do not do not wait till then because if you wait till then it's a possibility that the slot is already taken because like i said we're we're booking slots on a rolling basis all right um five minutes maximum for the auditions and it's going to be five minutes maximum for each performer the day of one to two pieces so you know if you want to do more than one piece it still has to be to five minute maximum um and yeah you know so send those in don't be shy We're not looking for the best poet, spoken word artist in in the world. We're not focused on your talent. We are focused on your testimony. We're focused on your story and how that can be impactful to all of us and all of those that will be in attendance. So don't feel like, oh, well, I have never done it before. You don't have to have done it before. Plenty of people have done it that has been their first time ever um, doing poetry or spoken word at at all um, in our shows. So this is show number six, year number five um and we are excited to to get the ball rolling guys so definitely definitely if you feel led to participate do not wait the submission form is in the description the submission form is in our bio the submission form is anywhere that you can find it um so definitely handle that all right and last and lastly um last announcement and and also last thing concerning the poetry jam ladies and gentlemen uh we are doing a fundraiser all right um, we are trying to raise eight thousand dollars for this poetry jam. Yes, eight thousand dollars. Um, and we would absolutely love your help. Okay. Um, we are looking for these eight thousand dollars because of the different expenses, like the venue, like the musicians, the equipment, the refreshments. Essentially, all the things that go into we we're, we're adding those the refreshments because we got that in our feedback. All right. Um, we want to have refreshments for you there as well. So we, we have plans. We want to really scale this one. We want to make sure that it's um, commemorative our anniversary. We want to make sure that you can come and you're comfortable and you're you're enjoying the show. Um, so all of that costs money. Um, and we would absolutely appreciate if you all would go to www.unassociated.com slash T-U-P-J fundraiser. That's www unassociatedcom slash T-U-P-J fundraiser. We're going to be posting this everywhere. We would truly want your help. And we also recognize that some of you guys might be looking to contribute in ways, but you don't have the finances. And we would love if the way that you can help us contribute is by sharing the news. If maybe you don't have the money, um, we would love if you could share it with at least 10 people and see if they can possibly, or if the spirit leads them to contribute to what we have at hand. Um, I'll be honest with you and fully transparent. I'm not one that's very used to asking people for money, and that's just the reality of it. But I saw this one TED talk that was saying if you're passionate about the cause, you have to be passionate about raising the money for the cause. Um, so I'm growing in this area myself, you know, full transparency. So um, I really just ask if you feel let at any given time, you know, to help us reach that goal, you can go to the website, you can um, even track the progress on the website, um, and yeah, we can we can get this we can get this ball rolling. So I uh, really appreciate all of those who have been donating already you guys have been amazing already in this quarter and i just pray that you know if god puts it on your heart we would love to receive more of that support any type of amount five ten twenty a hundred two hundred a thousand eight thousand i don't know i don't know i mean just a crazy number just thought of in my head Uh, But nevertheless, let's get to this episode. Let's get to this episode. The reason why I'm so happy and the reason why I'm so blessed, the reason why God has really been outdoing himself is because two Sundays ago, ladies and gentlemen, I preached on the pulpit. Yes, I preached on a pulpit Sunday morning for the first time in my entire life, man. Um, That happened two Sundays ago. We had a youth Sunday. It's the first youth Sunday my church has ever done and my dad who's been extremely supportive of my ministry and really this path of mine um, uh, yeah he asked me to to do the honors that day and i'm so thankful um it was such a privilege it was such an amazing experience and you know i've i've talked you know in public before and I must say that it's definitely a different beast because you know people are looking back at you right now I'm looking at a camera. I'm looking at you, but I'm looking at a camera in my room by myself. It's very different when you're speaking to a crowd of people and, um, yeah, no, God was really with me, man. I prayed and I just focused on him, and I believe that he helped me to do a great job, especially for my first time and I'm thankful. I'm thankful, man. Um, and yeah, you know, God, God, that privilege right there, man, was just so humbling. And first thing that happened when I got up there, I got a little emotional and I did not expect to get emotional at all. But, you know, when I got up there, I just started thinking about like, man, like when I look back at my life and how God has matured me and, and brought me to this point right here, like it, it, that was a moment that like I will remember for the rest of my life, like legit. Um, so, yeah, thanks for everybody who's supporting me um, in this journey of life, like just in general, if you've ever done anything for me. Um, I believe it was God using you, um, to be a part of my story so I can get to a point like that. And by God's grace, it's not the last time that I take the pulpit. And, uh, if I'm being real with you, by God's grace, one day I'm the pastor of Redeeming Grace Christian Center. And, um, I look forward to it. I look forward to it, man. Don't call me pastor yet. You know what I'm saying? I'm not a pastor yet, but you know, one day by God's grace, um, but nevertheless, you know, uh, I did have a mixture of emotions when I was up there. Growing up as a pastor's kid, and all my pastor's kids could probably relate, there's a lot of pressure that comes with that because you have the people of the church and especially the young people of the church looking up to you or looking to you as like a model, right? And when you slip and fall, that can literally have an impact on the church. You have an impact on your family, therefore impact on your church, And, you know, a lot of times that comes a lot of pressure, but I must say that me growing up personally, I never really felt that pressure like that. I say, I guess I just wasn't really thinking about it. But when I took that stage, man, and I'm looking at all the youth that's in that, you know, sanctuary, I'm looking at everybody in the sanctuary. That was the first time that I really, really felt the pressure of, of really just being in a position of, um, leadership and a position of influence. And it kind of got me scared. Like, I I genuinely got scared a bit um, because I genuinely felt like, wow, like, God has put me in this position to where I can be influential. But if I'm not careful, man, and and if I slip up and if I fall, that influence is going to be a negative influence. Like, that influence can be really good or can be really bad dependent on my actions. And I'm looking at all the youth and they're looking at me and, and they might look up to me or they might you know, be inspired by my faith and stuff like that. But I was thinking to myself like, dang, like I can't mess this up, you know? And ultimately it made me feel scared to sin. It made me feel scared to fall. And we see it happen where like we have a pastor of like a mega church or a very influential person, leader in the church and they fall And that's so detrimental, not just to their family, but it's detrimental to their church and sometimes even detrimental to the outlook that the world has on the church. Big C in general. Right. Um, Church scandals and schisms and and controversies, man, that has, you know, look at how like when you say church in America or in the Western world. It's only negative thoughts that come to people. Do I think that that's fair? Absolutely not. But do I see where people get it from? Absolutely. And it's sad, man. And I guess there's a part of me that's just so scared because I always want to add to the positive. But the reality is, man, you get up there. There's a different standard when it comes to being a pastor. There's a different standard when it comes to being a, a Christian leader. I know that sounds weird, but I believe it. Like, there's, there's a heightened sense of scrutiny. There's a heightened sense of pressure. There's a heightened sense of, like, because you're supposed to be an example, man. And if, and if you slip up, man, that's a lot. That's a lot. I'm being completely real. I was scared. I got scared. Um, and as I was scared of slipping, let's say it like that, (laughs) it reminded me of the mindset that I had when I was really trapped in the cycle of, of, of sin. It reminded me of the mindset that I had, you know, like I told you guys about my sexual sin addictions in the past. And it reminded me of some of the thoughts that went through my head when I was trapped in those things. You know, some of the thoughts that told me that, oh, man, you don't have the control. You're going to slip again. And they would say things like, you falling back into sin is inevitable, right? Like that thought of like, just being so scared to fall into sin, but then also the thought and the voice that just tells you that, well, it's going to happen and you can't stop it. Um, the temptation will overcome you. The The fall your fall back in is inevitable and I, and i think that a lot of us might hear that a lot you know that voice in our heads and um yeah that really sucks that mindset is always what got me you know like um when the strong temptations came to me like when when i would be very heavily tempted that mindset made me think that oh my gosh like there's like there's no way I can overcome this strong temptation over and over and over again for the rest of my life. So I might as well fall into it now. That was my thought process. Like this temptation is so strong that, okay, let's say I I didn't do it today. I didn't fall in today, but I'm not going to go undefeated against this thing. So I might as well just be defeated now. Like that was literally my mindset. And I, and I, and I know that like, I'm not the only one that voice, those thoughts, man, many of us feel that. That voice comes to our head, that voice of temptation. I would go as far to say that that is the voice of Satan. Satan himself. That voice wants us to be hopeless or to feel hopeless. That voice wants us to believe that we are destined to a cycle of sin. And that voice wants us to think that it has power over us. But every Christian, every person that calls himself a son of God, a daughter of God, needs to understand that that power that sin has over your life has already been broken. Romans chapter six, verse 20 to 23. For when you were slaves to sin, slaves of sin, you were free in regard to righteousness. What fruit did you have then in the things of which you are now ashamed? For the end of those things is death. But now, having been justified, I'm sorry, <laughs> but now having been free, having been set free from sin and having become slaves of God, you have your fruit to holiness and the end everlasting life. For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus, our Lord. May God bless hearing, reading, and saying his word in Jesus name. Amen. Ladies and gentlemen, what this verse is explaining is that when you come to Christ, there is a spiritual shift. There is a shift in your spirit. Now, a lot of us think that if we have a shift in our spirit, then we need to feel some type of physical sensation. I didn't say a shift in your physical physicality, in your in your physical body. I'm talking a shift in your spirit, man. You might have a shift in your spirit, man, and there is no physical sensation. That's fine. Don't look for the evidence of a spiritual fit uh, of a spiritual shift in a physical sensation. The reality is when you accept Christ into your life, you have you experience a transformation. You experience a transferring from a slavery to sin to a slavery to God. When you were a slave to sin, you lived a life that produced things that you are now ashamed of when you look it back. You're ashamed of it. But now you are set free from the slavery of sin. And now you are slaves to God, not only slaves to God, but you are sons and daughters of God. And now your life can produce holiness. And your life leads to eternal life. Because now it is possible to be broken free from the power of sin, from the cycles of sin. And it is possible for your life to produce holiness. But the question is how? How is your life now able to produce holiness? The, the answer is the work of the Lord. The answer is that you cannot free yourself. You cannot free yourself from sin. You cannot have, you cannot willpower your way out of the cycle of sin and you cannot purify yourself The answer as to how is through the Lord, the work of the Lord, purification, or I think the more biblical word to use is sanctification, which means to be set apart in terms of set apart from the sin and unrighteousness, set apart unto holiness, to be made holy. That is the Christian doctrine of sanctification. And that is done by God. We are sanctified by God. 1 Corinthians chapter six, verse nine to 11 says this. Do you not know that, that the unrighteous will not inherit the kingdom of God? Do not be deceived, neither fornicators, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor homosexuals, nor sodomites, nor thieves, nor covetous, nor drunkards, nor, nor revelers, nor extortioners will inherit the kingdom of God. And such were some of you. But you were washed, but you were sanctified, but you were justified in the name of the Lord Jesus. And watch this, by the Spirit of our God. Emphasis on the fact that you were washed, you were sanctified and justified in the name of Lord Jesus. By who? The Spirit of God. Because it is the Spirit of God that sanctifies us. Sanctification. Or, for simpler terms, purification is the work of the Lord. Likewise, the sanctification process is sustained and done by God. And we shouldn't get it twisted. Philipp- well, Philippians chapter 1 verse 6 says, Being confident of this very thing that he who has begun a good work in you will complete it until the day of Jesus Christ. The process of sanctification of us becoming more holy is not a process that we are able to do on our own willpower. You see, a lot of us think that this the way this whole Christian thing works is that we have to be holy in order to have a relationship with God. But it's the other way around. It's you have to have a relationship with God in order to be holy. And so many of us mix it up. We mix it up. <laughs> And mixing it up is so, so dangerous because then what happens is the enemy tricks us into thinking that sanctification will come from our willpower to overcome sin. It comes from us having the responsibility and using our own power to overcome the cycles of sin that we are imprisoned to. But that's impossible. We can't do it. We can't break the cycle of sin. We can't do it on our own. We cannot overcome the temptation on our own. It's impossible. That's why it feels impossible, because it is impossible. It's supposed to be impossible on your own strength. That's literally the point of the entire gospel, my friend, that you can't do it. That's why Jesus came. If you could do it on your own strength, he would have not. He wouldn't have come. He wouldn't have come. First Corinthians. Oh, we reading scripture today. (laughs) Mm. (laughs) First Corinthians. My dad doesn't like when uh, (laughs) preachers like quote too many scriptures (laughs) in like one sermon. Man, shoot him. It is what it is. (laughs) It is what it is, OG. First Corinthians chapter 10. Uh, verse 12 to 13 says this therefore let him who thinks he stands take heed lest he fall because you know some of us we get it twisted and we think that oh we good we good we holy you know what i'm saying and then we start to think that we holy because of the things that we do and we're justified by our works the bible says let him who thinks he's good take heed lest he lest he fall right Verse thirteen says, "No temptation overtaken you except such as is common to man, but watch this. But God is faithful, who will not allow you to be tempted beyond what you are able, but with the temptation will also make the way of escape that you may be able to bear it." Ladies and gentlemen, the reason why we don't have to fear the temptation and the reason why we can overcome the temptation and overcome the cycles of sin, it says, is because God is faithful. It does not say. Because you're powerful and you can do this. and You got this, man. You got this. You got the willpower. Just just try your best. No. The reason why we don't have to be overtaken by temptation or conquered by temptation is because God is faithful. Because of the faithfulness of God. Because sanctification comes from him. The power to overcome comes from him. The way of escape comes from him. And the sooner we stop thinking that salvation and our sanctification comes from our own willpower and our own efforts, the, 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 the sooner we'll actually be sanctified through Christ, through the spirit, through his spirit. When you realize that sanctification is the responsibility of God just moving through you and is the result of God moving through you, you recognize that this is not about me trying to purify myself in order to have a relationship with him it's not about me being scared of falling back into the cycle of sin it's about me focusing on the lord and by a result of that this sin will be conquered in my life because i'm being sanctified it's the process it's the fruit of our relationship the fruit to holiness so there i was (laughs) feeling the pressure you know, the pressure. Oh, my gosh, man. OK, God is really putting me in a position where I have a lot of influence. I hope I don't fall. I hope I don't mess this stuff up. I hope I don't do something that'll be detrimental to this church. I hope I don't fall back into sin. How am I going to sustain myself? I look at the life of Joshua. You know, I, look, I went to the life of Joshua in, in the Bible because Joshua was a really great leader. I, and I don't think that we talk about Joshua enough still. It's because his, his story was pretty simple he had v- barely any else he was faithful to the lord be strong and courageous and he did that led the, the children led the children of israel into the promised land right um led conquest after conquest to conquer the land of canaan this i mean joshua was was a great leader so i'm like you know let me look at life of joshua you know what i'm saying like let me get some tips and tricks from him and i was interested to see you know, my, my Bible has like a little uh summary, like notes section before every book. Right. And as I'm reading this, I don't know why I read it. I don't normally read these like sections, but as I was reading it, it came to my understanding. It said that Joshua's name was not originally Joshua. I didn't know this. Maybe you knew. This. I didn't know this. Joshua's name was changed. That wasn't his original name. Numbers 13, 16. It says, these are the names of the men. This was before Joshua was the leader uh, of Israel. Moses is still around. These are the names of the men who Moses sent to spy out the land. Talking about the promised land. And Moses called Hosea, the son of Nun, Joshua. Huh. Joshua, the son of Nun, that would then become the leader of Israel. His original name was Hosea. Why did Moses change Joshua's name? Like, and the Bible doesn't give us the explicit reason. as like, why? why? Like, it it just said that this is what Moses did. (laughs) He called Hoshea the son of Nun, Joshua Hoshea the Hebrew name Hoshea means salvation but he named he he changed his name to Joshua the Hebrew name the Hebrew you know uh Joshua is a what's it called a transliteration of the actual Hebrew name that's Yehoshua yes that's the same name of Jesus Jesus and Joshua same name Yehoshua the difference between Hoshea and Yehoshua, Hosea means salvation, and Yehoshua means Yahweh is salvation. Hmm. I was interested. <laughs> Same, Changed his name from salvation, other people say God saves, to Yahweh saves. Yahweh is salvation. Particularly. Hmm. Before entering the promised land, Moses changes joshua's name from salvation to yahweh is salvation maybe people can have you know a bunch of different theories as to why specifically moses did that and at that time he did that but what i find interesting is that no matter what way you look at it there was an emphasis added to joshua's name and the emphasis tells us where salvation comes from. It emphasizes, the the changed name of Joshua emphasized where salvation comes from, Yahweh. One of my favorite places in the book of Joshua is Joshua chapter five. So let's read Joshua chapter five when he has an encounter with God right before he's about to enter Jericho. It says, and it came to pass, verse 13, And it came to pass when Joshua was by Jericho that he lifted his eyes and looked. And behold, a man stood opposite him with his sword drawn in his hand. And Joshua went to him and said to him, Are you for us or for our adversaries? Verse 14. So he said, No, some versions will say neither. But as commander of the army of the Lord, I have now come. And Joshua fell on his face to the earth and worshiped and said to him, what does my Lord say to his servants? Then the commander of the Lord's army said to Joshua, take your sandal off your foot for the place where you stand is holy. And Joshua did so. Took them sandals right off. Took them joints right off. Um, one point that I want to make is many theologians believe that the angel of the Lord here is the um old testament appearance of jesus christ and there's three reasons why one because it says that he was in the form of a man two is because um this angel receives worship right but we know that regular angels do not receive worship um because later on in revelation chapter 22 verse 9 after the angel that showed john all of these visions finished john bowed down to try and worship the angel um and the angel said no no no! don't worship me i'm a fellow servant like you worship god but this angel received the worship okay that's interesting and not to mention that the angel of the lord also tells joshua to take off his sandals because this is a holy place um just like god told moses um when he spoke to him in the burning bush in exodus chapter chapter 3 verse 5. so that's why we believe it's jesus right there so this is god god appears to joshua Joshua asked him, are you for us or are you for our enemies? And his response was, mm, no. Well, I just rejected the entire question, neither. No, I'm the commander of the army of the Lord. And what Joshua did was that he fell to his face and he worshiped and he said, what do you have to say to your servant? You see me, I don't think that it's a coincidence that the angel of the Lord came to Joshua appeared to Joshua before Joshua's first battle in the promised land against Jericho. I believe that the same reason why the angel of the Lord appeared to Joshua at that time is the same reason why Joshua's name was changed to Joshua as a reminder, as an emphasis that on his path, salvation comes from Yahweh. Yahweh is the one that saves. And if you read... Joshua, it's always the same type of language. God delivers the enemies of Israel into their hands. It's the work of God. Yahweh is salvation, not Israel, not them, not their leadership, not their efforts. Yahweh is the reason for salvation. I believe we all need that reminder. I definitely need that reminder. That salvation comes from Yahweh. Salvation doesn't come from us. It doesn't come from our willpower. It doesn't come from our efforts to be holy. It doesn't come from, from anything that we can do. Salvation over the challenges and the trials of life. Salvation over the battles of life. Um, salvation over sin. Or from sin, rather. Is from Yahweh. we're not meant to go out to battle in our own strength and our own in our in our own willpower against sin no but we are supposed to bow down with our face to the ground and worship the lord just like joshua did before his battle ladies and gentlemen the most important step To breaking sin and the most important step that will free you from the fear of falling back into sin is recognizing that you cannot sanctify yourself that is an impossible task for you to do on your own it's impossible with your own strength and with your own willpower because when you recognize that you recognize that you need something outside of yourself In order to sanctify you and sustain that process of sanctification and that something is god luke chapter 18 verse 24 to 27 this is when jesus has a response to the people around when he has a conversation with the young ruler the young ruler asks him what do i do in order to inherit the kingdom of god he says that you need to go give everything that you own away and and come and follow me and the rich young ruler he was sad and he left And Jesus said in verse 24, and when Jesus saw that he became very sorrowful, he said, How hard is it for those that have riches to enter the kingdom of God? For it is easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich man to enter the kingdom of God. Hmm. We've heard that expression before, haven't we? How impossible is that? That's very impossible as far as I know. For a camel to fit through the eye of a needle. I know some people say, oh, it's a hyperbole or it's an idiom, whatever it might be. Nevertheless, it's impossible. <laughs> for a camel to fit through the eye of a needle. And he said, it's easier for that to happen than for a rich man to enter the kingdom of God. And the people around asked the same question that we would typically ask. In verse 26, said, and those who heard it said, who then can be saved? But he said, Jesus responded to them, the things which are impossible with men are possible with God. Ladies and gentlemen, I need us to all understand. You don't have to fear this cycle of sin. You don't have to fear falling into it again. You don't have to fear any of these things. You have to fear that it's never going to be broken. It already is broken. You already are delivered. You already are free from sin. We have to understand that the reason why it feels impossible for us to break the cycle of sin is because it is impossible for us to break the cycle of sin on our own power. Chances are, if you feel like that, it's because you have been trying with your own efforts. But Yahweh is salvation. Yahweh is the source of sanctification, and he is the person that sustains sanctification. It's him. Because with men, it is impossible. But the things that are impossible with men are possible with God, because all things are possible with God. That's why he came, guys. That's why he came. So you don't have to fear and you can be comforted, guys. You can be comforted in knowing that your focus is not on, oh my gosh, Let me let me make sure I never do this. I never do that. So then I I never mess up and I never. No, 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 no. Your your focus is all off. And that focus, man, is going to mess you up. I'll tell you right now, it's going to mess you up. It's going to mess you up. The focus is to fall down and worship God. The focus is to increase your intimacy with him. It's to lean more and more into your relationship with him. And that will produce what it is you're looking for. That is what will change you. That is what will transform you. That is what will break you from this cycle of habitual sin. That is what will make sure that you are sustained and you don't go back and fall into those things. That is what will provide the way of escape to all of the temptation. It is the sanctification of the Holy Spirit in you. It is the Holy Spirit sanctifying you. That's the hope. Not in our flesh, not in our willpower, not in our, in our own strength. The hope is in God's faithfulness to provide us a way of escape. God's faithfulness to make sure that temptation is not more than we can bear. God's faithfulness to keep us. God's faithfulness to continue to use us and grow us. That's where the hope is. That's where the hope is. So I'm not scared. Wherever God wants to use me, I pray, he, you know, he do his thing. And my focus is not to make sure that I do this. No, no. My focus is to make sure that I am in subjection and surrender to the Spirit. My focus is to ask the Spirit, what do you want from your servant? What do you want to say to your servant? My purpose, my my goal, my focus is to make sure I'm focused on Jesus. That's my focus. That's your focus. And he's going to do the work in us, man. I've seen it already. I have seen it. I'm not just preaching to you from the Bible. I'm also preaching to you from my own personal testimony. This word of God, it's living. It's, it's for real. It's for real, bro. I'm not this is not this is not just something I do just because I like to I like to talk. <laughs> this is something I do because it's something I believe in. It's for real. It's for real. I was there. I thought that I was, I thought it was done. I thought this was just something that I had to deal with for the rest of my life. That's a lie from Satan. It's a lie. It's a lie. It's a lie. And yes, it feels impossible. That's the whole point. Cause it is without God. So stop trying to do it without Him. Stop doing your spiritual disciplines out of a form of, I just need to do it in order to be good. No. Do it out of a form of, I need to do it in order so I can be closer with God, so I can feel closer to God, so I can be recognizing His voice, so I can have this space and time for Him to speak to me, this dedicated time to worship Him. All of those things are helpful for our relationship, and our relationship is through which we are then sanctified and made holy. I'm done. I do hope you guys get it. I do hope you guys get it, man. Sanctification comes from Yahweh. Salvation comes from Yahweh. So let's just focus on him. Let's Let's just put all our attention on him. Let's do that. Let's pray. Father God, thank you so much for this word. Thank you so much for this message. And I just pray, Lord, that all those that have ears, let them hear. Father, those that have been struggling, those that have been fearful, even myself, oh God. Father, take away that fear. Help us to just rely on you, Lord. Help our focus to be on you, God, in the mighty name of Jesus, Lord. All of these things that want to throw us off, all of these things that want to make us think that it's about our willpower, Lord Jesus, all of these things that want to make us fight alone, help us to never fight alone again. Father, help us to just rely on your faithfulness. Help us, Lord, to take that way of escape from the temptation, Lord. Help us, Lord, to yield to the Holy Spirit within us, O oh God, and bear the fruits of holiness within us, O oh God. Help us to see the sanctification, Lord, in our lives that we have been looking for because because you, because of what you do, God. Father, no more will we fear falling back into something. No more will we think that it's inevitable and this is just what life is, O oh God. No, but you are our hope. Not in our own strength. We don't have it, God, but you do. So we put our faith in you. We put our faith in you. We put our faith in you, O oh God our deliverer, our salvation, our sanctifier, our provider, our savior. We cannot save ourselves, we admit it. We admit it. We can't save ourselves. We can't be holy for you, O oh God. We need you to make us holy, O oh God. We can't we can't do it ourselves so we can impress you, no. We need you in order to impress you. We need you in order to 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 be something for you, O oh God, and thank you for your grace. Because you didn't wait for us to clean it all up. You don't wait for us to clean it all up. You literally sent your son to die while we were still sinners. Even today when we fall in sin, Father, you are continuing to sanctify us. You're continuing to purify us. You're continuing to grow us into perfection and to be more like you. So we thank you for your grace. And we accept your grace. We acknowledge your grace. We're not going to ignore it. A lot of us ignore it. We ignore it. And we think that we're supposed to just feel that guilt and we think that we're supposed to um, just be victims of it because we deserve it. Yeah, we do deserve it, but you don't give us the things that we deserve. You give us your grace. So thank you for that. And we won't ignore it. We'll, We'll take it in Jesus name. Amen. Amen. And amen. And amen. And amen. I love you guys. Have an amazing week. Acknowledging God's grace, walking in his approval, acknowledging that he is the source of your sanctification. Um, and and breaking those habits of sin man breaking those habits of sin i love you guys if you guys have any questions hit me up like I said before um, if you feel led at any point in time this week to donate to us we would love for you to donate to our next project our being our poetry jam looking to raise eight thousand dollars um if you feel led you can go to slash tupj ah! tupj fundraiser um, love you guys i appreciate you guys spread the word um see you guys next week Peace.